The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only mayo dog podcast <laughs> i'm joel gaston with john fraser as usual uh some things to get to in this episode just uh, a couple we had originally planned to record perhaps earlier in the week but i thought oh, surely by now as we record on wednesday december 7th i thought surely by now we would at least finally get the inevitable and the riders would announce who their offensive coordinator is and we all are fairly certain who it's going to be but uh as of this point, they have not. It may come by the time you listen to this podcast. It may or may not. Uh, with, but with our luck, with our I mean, with our recent luck, it won't happen. But with our like historical mm. luck, it'll be announced at seven a.m. tomorrow morning. Yes, because I will admit uh, this morning at work, because I knew we were recording this evening. Um, I saw in my email box and in an email from Ariel Zero. I'm like, oh, is our timing going to be perfect again? <laughs> no, it was the Riders re-signed Jamal Morrow, which is, of course, which is a good signing. He was their best offensive player and yep. uh, easily a no-brainer to uh, bring back next year. But we will talk about the ongoing coordinator search um, a little bit on a team that has their ducks in a row and is making all the seemingly right moves in Ottawa. And um, spin off a little bit of a conversation that Cody Vajardo had with one uh, Rod Peterson the other day. Yes. But first, um, the other day, I was scouring the internet. As one does. Generally speaking these days, that just means I had Twitter open. And <laughs> I can't remember how it ended up in my feed, but there was a feed for a recipe for something called Mayo Nog. <laughs> and so, of course, I sent it to John. It's a joke. Yep. And then John immediately said, we have our open for this week's show. Yes. So if, you, if you're unaware of what this is, and I, I don't blame you, um, there is there was an article written in a publication for a recipe that was developed, I guess, by the Hellman's Mayonnaise Company, or brand, or whatever they are called these days. And basically what it does is you're making a homemade, homemade eggnog, but instead of using eggs, you're using mayonnaise. Because mayonnaise is essentially half eggs anyway, you're just adding now some oil and some other seasonings to the equation, um, along with all your other traditional, you know, your creams, your brandies, and whatever else you want to add into your eggnog, um, but you're just, you're using mayonnaise. Yes, yes, which, which, 
sounds a little out there, right? You don't it think does, mayonnaise yeah. and festive holiday drink. I mean, the science behind it, like, now that you break it down, mm-hmm. the science makes sense. But just thinking of putting mayonnaise in an alcoholic drink is enough to make me wince. So what did I do, Joel Gasson? Mm-hmm. Um, surprise, I made the mayo nog. Um, full disclosure, I'm going to be putting up a video of this later and then putting up a video of me sampling it here right away. In the mayo nog is mayo, milk, cream, syrup, nutmeg, vanilla, cinnamon, and uh, three, four and a half ounces of different booze. So <laughs> I'm optimistic for that. So no, I have taken a video, got Max to help me shoot it. Uh, we are going to do a live tasting of the mayo nog. Let me just get my video going here. Uh, because again, sometimes when you podcast, these good ideas come up. Mm. All right. And there's nothing quite like building and trying a recipe over, uh, you know, a visual medium like podcasting right. is. Right. right so, exactly. Which is yeah. why I'm, I, I've actually, it's funny. I've taken my old honors TV broadcasting diploma skills out <laughs> and I'm editing up a video. I've got cross dissolves. There's no star wipes though. Okay. Ugh. So I have, I have the Let's first glass. It made two cups of mayo nog. It smells actually a lot like eggnog and booze. So we're well, gonna, I mean, we're... yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of mayo and it's not really offering up much of a smell. Mayonnaise does, so. That's really good. Hmm. I'm, like, I'm shocked how good that is. I will say. Like, I'm floored. I'm aghast and I'm floored. Like, hmm. that, that, like, uh, I don't know if it's the mayo that takes the edge off the booze, but, like, there's not an insignificant amount of booze in there. No, but I will say I have previewed the video of you, you know, mixing everything but the booze in to the drink. Right. And I did comment that you're we're a little light on the mayo, I think. <laughs> oh, no, it was quarter cup. It called for a quarter cup. But, yeah, I can actually say I thought this would be way funnier. I thought that was going to be disgusting, but uh, it's actually really good. Hmm. Like, it's better than store-bought mayo, so... Um, Mayo nog, two thumbs up. Store bought nog, you that... mean? Because it was <laughs> yes. obviously store bought mayo. I mean, if you made homemade mayo to make this, that would maybe be a little extreme. Yeah, that'd be a little. <laughs> I mean, I was off today. I did have time to do that. Um, no, that actually is better than normal nog, and I think I'm gonna start making that for my um, for everybody that comes to the house and not tell them there's mayo in it because that is. Sneaky good. Like I did not expect that to be. I thought this could it be one of those here. situations where the the floor was so low that it was an easy bar to clear because you had this like, oh my god, this is gonna taste like mayonnaise and rum. Well, and the pro- <laughs> and the problem <laughs> and the problem was too. I got a little worried because before we we were recording, I was uh, I was waiting. I was doing uh, doing prep, getting ready for you for about ten minutes, and I took an ice cube out of the golf ball, yep. and put it in, and it like didn't sink and i'm like oh <laughs> this is this is textured like mayo and it's gonna be good but uh no it, it's i'm pleasantly surprised mayo nog two thumbs up now the only dangerous part is i'm a little lactose intolerant mm. so uh yes there is not an insignificant amount of milk and cream in that no there is not so uh if if i have to run suddenly uh, it is actually not because of lettuce for once. Mm. It's because of uh, the mayo nog that I'm already halfway done the first of two cups because it's really good. <laughs> like, I wish, I, like, it would have been funnier if it was disgusting, but. Yeah, it would have been. I can't even pretend. It's really good. It's, like, creamy and frothy and 
better than store-bought nog? Mayo nog. They were onto something. The scientists at Hellman's Mayonnaise Company. Hey, that'll be our next sponsor. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, and to be fair, yes, they did not sponsor any of this. I believe the mayonnaise you used in that video was not even the sponsored mayonnaise for the post, so... No, it was 100% Kirkland. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. you, 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 Which yeah, may, but... in fact, be Hellman's. I mean, who knows? All the Kirkland is off-brand of something. It's true. So so we could even say we're using low-quality mayonnaise. And my biggest concern <laughs> is, uh -huh. is it was not the mayo, but, like, it called, it called for apple brandy, and I didn't have mm. apple brandy. I have just, like the cheapest brandy you could get to use for cooking. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that'll be it. But it somehow blends together really nice and it's not too sweet. And it's, it's, I might actually make it again. Oh. I might. Christmas Eve, mayo nogs at Fraser's house. <laughs> this sounds terrible. This is like, this reminds me of the, um, my kids love uh, Captain Underpants. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters there every Christmas has ham nog. And it's just a silly concoction, and I feel like this, like this is my ham nog. I'm gonna tell people, hey, you want a heaping cup of mayo nog, and they're gonna say, absolutely not. You're disgusting. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit there consuming my sweet, sweet mayo nog. More for you, I guess. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's really, it's really good. It's funny that you did mention lettuce earlier, though. Oh, well, of course, because that's naturally when, whenever I have to take an emergency poop, it's 90% mm -hmm. of the time caused by Subway lettuce or, you know, poisoned lettuce or old lettuce or, you know, lettuce in general. On that note, we do have a Subway up. Uh, subway. See, I screwed it up. We've done it. We don't, haven't done enough of these. I screwed it up. We do have a lettuce update. Da-da-da, da-da-da, lettuce update. So if some of you may have noticed, um, if you are members of the Hit the Skull group, which is a fairly large Facebook community uh, based mostly in Regina, but kind of growing because it was it originally was like a Regina Costco group. Mm -hmm. um, That's kind of evolved into yeah. like they've memes kind of, and they, humor. And... Yeah, and they've kind of tried to branch it out to beyond just Regina to basically allow anyone to join. So they took the Regina part out of it, but it's still mostly a Regina-based um, Costco group for people who shop at Costco. Right. And... The interesting thing, and it made me laugh the other day that came up, was someone was asking if the lettuce from Costco had given them gastronomical problems. And they actually yes. used that word. That's not a word that I'm using to cover up other words. <laughs> that was it's, the word that was it's, used. It, it, it's a real word. <laughs> and it's funny. So, other nights, mm -hmm. kind of a lazy man supper, you know, frying up some, air frying some Costco chicken strips. And, and Lacey's like, hey, do you want a lettuce bun? Like... Who do you think you're talking to? Of course I hope she, she asked you just to, like, troll you. I think it was. It was a <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm going to use a nice carby bun, and I will throw a little bit of lettuce on my chicken strip sandwich. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, now that I think of it, and normally when I drink vodka soon enough afterwards, it kind of kills everything, but I can tell you, there were some upset tummies in the Fraser house that night, so I'm thinking mm -hmm. it was... That Costco lettuce. So add it. So avoid Subway lettuce. Um, homegrown lettuce. The the iceberg grown in your fridge is okay still. But we have another lettuce warning for Costco lettuce. And it's so damn expensive now. Just give yeah. it up. No, yeah. Potentially. I mean, the question is, the question that I had and I'm wondering is, because lettuce has become so sparse and expensive, 
is like Subway supplier like cornering the market right now because it's, I mean I haven't been to a Subway in a while, but I assume they have not run out of lettuce. Oh. <laughs> using even browner, more ill-gotten lettuce from whatever hell they find it. But I can tell you the switch to spinach. There's a big old thing of spinach mm-hmm. uh, in in the fridge. Uh, always recommend it. You can feel like Popeye. Your arms get all do-do-do-do. You got a little corn cob pipe. Switch to the spinach and save your insides. And a few bucks along the way. That's that's true. It's not as scarce these days, and it's better for you, and doesn't cause gastronomical problems. Uh, some Ryder fans may be feeling gastronomical problems these days, as oh, yeah. they oh. uh, they continue to wait to see what this team exactly is doing. Uh, so we're going to get into all that and a little bit more. Um, but as usual, before we get into all that this week, um, I guess because we already know what's in John's glass. Oh, I just got a mayo-y chunk. <laughs> Ah, there was a lot of mayo in that one. So perhaps, like, a, I guess you didn't quite blend it well enough with, I believe, oh, you no, had the I magic u- bullet out. I used I used the, the Nutra blender, but uh, I took a sip, and there must have just been, like, round rogue piece of mayo. <laughs> it was a little off. Thankfully, the next sip, I think, was all the booze. So I'm good. Uh Still, um, still chugging along here with the mayo nog, but uh, we've gone from a <laughs> eight out of ten to a like. It feels like Russian uh. roulette now with your drink. Everyone's. Is it I'm going like, to be delicious or mayonnaise? Oh, oh! The first four sips were so good, and then I got the mayo. Ah. So the question is: Is the rest of it good, and you just didn't get the mayo emulsified with it? So did you just drink rum, various booze, and various spices with milk and cream? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but that was there was a definite there was a there was a orb of mayo. Oh, uh, that worked out even better than it just being gross. Oh, like just 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 a globby chunk of mayo that hit me. It just hit me right in the mouth. Uh, and it. Uh. I, Good thing I, we're not at work right now. There's a lot of HR complaints. <clears throat> I, I gotta, I gotta try again now, Joel. I gotta, I gotta... Yep, more mayo, more mayo. Oh, there's the cheap brandy too. Ah! <laughs> what happened to you, mayo dog? You used to be so good. Why are you betraying me? Ah. Okay, I have changed my stance with the mayo dog. <laughs> Was good. Now terrible. Maybe I'll try stirring it. Maybe maybe that'll make it better. But please, what is in your glass? Cause maybe with an actual I, whisk or something. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go vicariously through you because this this has gone from good to horrible. Since uh, you were way out on the extreme, um, I sometimes even in the depths of winter or winter like weather, even though I'm pretty think technically it's still not winter. Um, for me, I had the pile of bones prairie pills. Because sometimes, you know, even despite all the terrific beer styles that exist these days, you just really want to dry as hell Pilsner. And, that's uh, fair. That's where I stand on that. And, like, a real Pilsner, not some mass-produced garbage pretending to be Pilsner. Yeah, not the Labatt Blue crap, but I'm glad that that tradition died with the Grey Cup loss this year, so I never have to do that again. No, that's done. That's over with. Well, all, no, it probably isn't because the guy that started the tradition was in Australia at the time and not watching the game mm. with me. So I know next year when he's not in Australia, he's going to want to do it. So that that speaking of terrible things on my insides, <laughs> at least there's no chunks. <laughs> oh, there's no mayo chunks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe mayo chunks would help. 
Oh, something. I don't know why the second glass has just turned into evil. Like, did the <laughs> did the mayo like, like while I was waiting for you, did the mayo like drip? I'm I'm just trying like I'm maybe now trying to. Maybe yeah, should have kept it, you know, thrown it back in the blender for a quick whiz, and then keep it in the fridge or something. I don't know. Oh no, I am now loading it up with uh, ice out of the golf asbestos ball to try to water this down, and <laughs> nothing like some asbestos to make this better. Oh, that's right. Oh, I can actually see a chunk of mayo in it now. <laughs> Taking a photo. Oh no, that's eventually going to be in my tummy. Uh... All right, so uh, mayo nog terrible now. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I got nothing. The Riders still have not hired their offensive coordinator, which is also terrible. Yeah, there you go. There's your. I know. I know you're too concerned for my well-being to uh, to to pick up on that trans transition, but uh, and you know I'm still gonna finish this. I'm not gonna waste good booze. No, I, I'm. I mean, you're not. I mean, you already admitted there's cheap cooking brandy in there so i mean i don't know what rum you bought but i don't know if i'd say there's good booze in there uh grand marnier is in there okay and uh and bacardi uh bacardi spiced okay. which is probably my favorite spiced rum it's really good hmm. fair enough but but yeah the rest of it see if some ice cubes out of asbestos ball can can receive it because that escalated quickly uh, uh yes unlike the, the riders offensive coordinator search which has not escalated quickly there you go Bam! we just had to get there had to, um, had to go and redeem yourself, Cassin. Had to be. Yeah, I really thought after we recorded our last episode a couple weeks ago that whoever the Riders' offensive coordinator was going to be would be named by now. Right. But That's here we are. Would think. Yeah, here we are on Wednesday, December seventh at seven fifty p.m. Saskatchewan time, and technically, we still don't know. I think there's probably, based on this, not any sort of inside information. I don't know anything more than anyone else does that's out there other than the insiders. Um, from what we've seen from various people talking around the league, like 95, 98% chance this job should be going to Kelly Jeffrey, last year's running backs coach. And here we are, for some reason, despite the fact that that seems like an ill-gone, like a foregone conclusion... Um, we're still waiting on it and we're still talking about where they're going. And for some reason, there's still all the talk of who has rejected this role. Yes. From Mark Mueller to Jerry Jackson to, you know, various names across the league have all either declined to interview or declined their interest in the position, which for all the reasons we've explained previous episodes, um, as to why, you know, blame duck situation where you cannot blame anyone for that. Um, I'm just kind of confused as to why this, why this isn't done yet. It's reeks of desperation is, is what it does. Like we all know it's going to be Kelly Jeffrey, as you said, uh, we all expect it to be Kelly Jeffrey. And from all reviews, Kelly Jeffrey sounds like a decent candidate. I know the optics mm. of it aren't going to look good going in house on an offense that quite frankly was dog shit last year. Um, but he seems to know what he's doing. Obviously, the team's high on him. They kept him around while getting rid of literally everybody else. But by not naming it, at some point, if you're Kelly Jeffrey, do you go, like, do I even want this? Like, they're literally yeah. re reaching out to just about everybody else. I, I remember a couple years ago when the Riders brought on Jason Moss. Like, you had, like, they were talking, oh, they're going to bring in Jason Moss. They had previously talked about bringing Kahari Jones, Paul Lapolis. You know, this was a destination for coaches. And now they can't even get guys to interview. 
Like that, like how sad is that? Like this mm. is all reeking of desperation that, you know, you, you, and we're not talking like I get it. Gahari's probably going to make more because they're probably paying Bob Dice less in Ottawa. So well, and could... like the thought, like the thought I initially had was like, maybe they can draw a Kahari Jones because maybe he's a coach in waiting. But even then he's still rolling a dice on whoever ends up making the decision as to who the next interim head coach may be. Should that be required being a Kahari guy? Right. And so Maybe but he just went through that. He literally yeah. just went through that. No, I know. And so it's like, okay, I, so I do not blame him for saying, okay, maybe I'll just go be the offensive coordinator in Ottawa for a year or two. And then basically then if things go according to his plan and we, I have the utmost respect for Kari Jones's ability as an offensive coordinator and frankly, as a head coach, um, at that point he can come out and say, okay, now I can probably take, a pick of, you know, jobs A, B, and C that are available. Instead of saying, okay, I'm going to come here, I'll be the offensive coordinator. If everything goes great, I'm still the offensive coordinator of a good team. Or if things go sideways, maybe I'm the head coach. But on the other right. the other side of that coin is, things don't go well, maybe I'm not the head coach and I'm back out of my ass again. So yeah. even for Kahari Jones, I do not blame him for taking the job in Ottawa, especially with the connections he has with Bob Dice and now defensive coordinator Baron Miles who were all on that uh, 2012 and 13 staff here in Saskatchewan. Yeah, uh, and I love what Ottawa's put together. I mean, it, you just look at Ottawa being able to get the big names like Baron Miles, keeping Bob Dice, a guy that we both like, getting in Kahari mm. Jones. Meanwhile, we're looking at, like, seems like... <laughs> Seems like the riders, even if they went out to interview, like, the assistant receivers coach someplace, would still get told no. Like, it's yeah. just... This is a, a disaster, and I, I know I've said it before that you had to bring in a guy that could probably be your coach in waiting because from all signs, it doesn't look like Dickinson is going to make the year. Now, do we get another full year of Craig Dickinson, no matter what? Cause, cause you know, you're not hiring somebody off the street, you know, you're not bringing somebody in with the coaching cap and, and you know, the, as you mentioned, the short term, the short termness of Jeremy O'Day's contract as well. Like, it's just, this, this just seems Everybody knows it's a lame duck situation, uh, players, coaches alike, and it doesn't have the allure that it once did that, oh, yeah, you can, you know, Saskatchewan's in on the biggest free agents, they're in on the biggest coaches, they're in on everything. It just, it seems like this, this, the reputation of the franchise has done a complete 180 in terms of... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hiring people and getting players. Yeah, and I think this sort of unnecessarily long extended search isn't helping that. No. Because if you're Kelly Jeffrey right now, and you, you kind of hinted at it, it's like, okay. Like, I think the team would have just been better off if they came out and just confidently said, this is our guy. Like, right. they, we basically, since before the Grey Cup game was played, everyone was, pr- like, there was other names on the table that thought maybe, okay, there's a shot here. But even then, when, like, the names of Kahari Jones and Mark Mueller were still kind of being floated around a little bit, you know, the likes of Justin Dunk and those guys, they were fairly confident that Kelly, Kelly Jeffrey was going to be the guy. Right. So if we're all kind of saying this three, four, five weeks ago, and since then you still have not announced him, and there's still all these, you know, sort of leakings from various spots and reports of guys who have turned down the job for various, not maybe necessarily the job, but the opportunity at the job for various reasons. It just makes the whole situation look unnecessarily worse. And because you can... The optics are going to be the optics about this hire no matter what. So you might as well go into it on the strongest foot you can. So they should have just frankly announced it weeks ago, gotten on with it. People would have probably forgotten by now. And they maybe would have given the guy a fair chance. Instead, now he looks... They're starting to look like this guy's like plan Q or something. Right. You're absolutely right. I, I, I think I was still a fan of the team at least waiting until they knew what Kahari Jones and Mark Mueller were going to do. Like it, to me, those were the two big name guys that if you say, you know what, we missed out on those two guys. We're going with our guy. We believe in him 110%. I don't think there would have been harm there. Yeah. But, but now it's just like, like all jokes aside, you know, Marcus Howell is a, a receivers coach, a run game coordinator. He's not a big flashy OC. You know, you're getting Pete Costanza, another receivers coach that, I'm sorry, I just I can't take anyone with the last name Costanza seriously. Like he's uh, a great coach. I'm yeah. not slagging on Pete Costanza, but you're just, just you're can't... basically looking at four fish in the same barrel at this point. Right, right. And why not stand behind your guy? And how and like I said, how good do you feel if you're Kelly Jeffrey? Yeah. Yeah, we literally our search literally involved everybody else that's on a CFL staff that's in any kind of offensive position. And yeah, I guess I guess you're okay. Like, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they think that he can't. And, and, and he may already have signed the papers a while ago, and maybe this is done. But I'm just I'm just not sure why we're sitting but, on this. If they have, but even like, but even Haji yeah. had that Costanza and Jeffrey both had a second interview today. Yeah. Like like why he's been on your team for a year? What do you need the second interview for? Like like everybody else is saying no. Pete Costanza's. Again, sure, great coach, but I can't not think of George Costanza whenever I hear that name. So, ah, uh, it's 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 a bad look for a team that has just had 
so many bad looks this season and this offseason. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. They really had a Mayo Nog season. It started off promising and this <laughs> turned into this disgusting <laughs> thing that I I could barely bring myself to finish and now it's making my tummy sore. Yeah, so I mean just confidently make the decision, go out there, get in front of it. And live by it. And then again, as we said before, this is no disrespect meant towards Kelly Jeffrey at all, who may turn out to be a great offensive coordinator. Absolutely. It's just the process to get here has been fumbled and it has, it has not been pretty. Um, and what it does at the same time is when, even though, okay, internally they may actually know who their offensive coordinator is going to be, but until that's sort of done in public, you know, you really can't move forward with a quarterback. No. Until really you know who your offensive coordinator is, because as much as teams talk and you know we talk in the world of football, it's like oh it's important to have a really good high end quarterback, and it is. Yes. But yes. it's also important to have a really high end quarterback that can fit the system you plan on running. Because and we've seen we've seen a lot of this in the NFL the last few years. There's been a lot of great kids come out of college who I still believe are very good quarterbacks, but just got put into spots that just do not work. It is a Absolutely. sport of fit amongst anything else. And unless you are the Baltimore Ravens who are literally willing to completely upend your entire offense for a quarterback, which more teams probably should do, but yes. and most of them aren't, but if you're willing to do that, then yes, you can draft any quarterback you want. Otherwise yes. you need to find the guy with the right fit. I think the best example of that right now is Zach Wilson with the New York jets, who I will still die on that hill that I believe he's a good quarterback. He just got jets. Um, <laughs> or he was not a fit for whatever they're doing for whatever reason so in order to know what the fit is unless you have an offensive coordinator as a head coach or with an offensive background you know you know exactly what you're going to run and maybe Craig Dickinson has an idea of the offense he wants to run I don't know but without the offensive coordinator without in order of sort of knowing what your big overall offensive picture is you should not be picking a quarterback either and nope. that's just delaying that process even further, too. And that brings us to the guy who was their quarterback the last few years, who we thought was going to be sort of the answer and turned out, at least in the short term, not to be. Um, that's, of course, Cody Fajardo. Yes. And Ooh. he appeared on uh, the Rod Peterson show early this week. Um, had a conversation. Nothing too egregious, nothing too out there. Pretty straightforward sort of thing that I would have kind of expected. Not that I don't think Cody's being honest. Um, you know, lots of stuff about, you know, he's disappointed, upset. Um, the, you know, the locker room sounded like a complete mess, which isn't a surprise given sort yeah, of yeah, what happened. Yeah, absolutely. You, re you read between the lines on Cody's interview and he, he says specifically like the locker room was going through some stuff. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You know, we, we came out and, and, and could play together. Like it, it, it sounds like Cody just verified everything we kind of heard rumbling about this team and and credit to cody he yeah. was very diplomatic in the way that he said things with rod mm -hmm. and credit to well, rod i mean when when you're looking for a new contract um throwing your teammates under the bus postseason probably isn't a good look going into a new locker room N no, no that's 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 <laughs> also especially when you already have the reputation of not being a um thick-skinned kind of quarterback so mm -hmm. um you and I were talking. You're right. It's, it, you are absolutely right. It wasn't a complete nothing burger. No. If you if you kind of sit and go, okay, yeah, the locker room did sound toxic. And uh, the number one thing that, that I think garnered all the headlines, which were properly attributed, as always, 
And not was, fake news. And not fake news. Was that uh, Cody said that he hasn't heard from the writers at all. Mm-hmm. Which, and, and, yeah. And, and I think we all, the writers don't want Cody back, and I don't think Cody wants to be back. Mm-hmm. That's not a surprise to anybody the way that this season ended. Yeah. But I still think we all know that McLeod Bethel Thompson is basically gone. Yeah, I mean, as we said, the guy didn't show up to his own championship rally. Exactly. So. <laughs> Nathan Rourke, from all accounts, has not only has been offered workouts by every NFL team and is now hitting the point where, kind of like Bo Levi Mitchell did a few years ago, where he's picking his spot a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm not going to work out for 32 teams. I'm going to work out for these five teams and sign with one of them. So he's as good as gone. So you'd think that if you were the Riders, you would at least reach out to Cody and say, listen, that didn't go as planned. That was a disaster. Holy crap. But keep in touch because we might need each other. If Cody wants to be a starter in this league, it might only be in Saskatchewan just purely out of desperation. So it's kind of a bad look that the team hasn't reached out to at least touch base and see where the guy's head is at. Yes, we know he was benched for Mason Fine. Yes, we know he didn't play well last year. Yes, he was injured for the entire year, and, and he even admitted maybe should have t- took, taken the time to get mm-hmm. healthy. But when the musical chairs stop, I unless unless you find a way to sign Vernon Adams, maybe who I imagine <sighs> would re up with BC when Nathan, Nathan Rourke leaves. Yeah. What else are you gonna do, Nick Arbuckle? Like that's kind of where they're at coming into next year if if we play quarterback roulette it's probably nick arbuckle or cody fajardo and i think i'm taking a healed up cody fajardo over nick arbuckle any day of the week so for them to not reach out that's a bad look and i think could really bite them in the rear end because i think cody is done enough that he'd be willing to go and be a primary backup a a, a a 1b kind of guy with one of these teams that you know have a meh quarterback situation like maybe back to toronto because you know to to mentor chad kelly a little bit maybe to bc so i i think cody's spurned enough he, he'd go be a backup someplace but the riders need a starting quarterback because they're gonna get their lunch eaten every single day like <laughs> you might as well just make craig the coach next year because it's not nothing's gonna matter if they don't have a quarterback yeah, and I mean the the only thing I would say counter to that is a is a thought brought up often by Three Down Nation's J.C. Abbott, and he makes it quite eloquently, and I think he's actually quite right. And that's if you do not have an elite quarterback, which by his definition of Sanders is a guy capable of being a top three QB in the league, um, you might as well roll the dice on someone else. And basically, his thought is compared to the NFL, CFL teams have become scared to roll that dice. Yes. And so they play it safe, which we've seen a lot of teams do a lot of times. And Cody might might kind of be that move. Now, I don't necessarily disagree that maybe he ends up being the break glass in case of emergency because there's, uh-oh, there's nothing else. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that I don't think they, there's maybe there's something out there that we're missing somewhere. I doubt it, but you might as well roll the dice on something else because you know when you've seen what you got out of Cody. So I can understand that to a degree, and he always makes that point really well. Uh, That's kind of been the conversation around Chad Kelly recently in Toronto. 
Nathan Rourke was the same thing kind of in BC last year, not to say that they're going to have comparable, you know, sort of trajectories over the next couple of years. But that's sort of the thought is, okay, McLeod Bethel Thompson, you know what he is, in all likelihood retiring. You know, rather than saying, oh, let's go get Dane Evans or something, roll the dice on Chad Kelly and see what you got. If it doesn't work, oh, well, grab another guy, roll it again. That's well, that's it. Yeah. That's kind of the theory, and I just I I mean, right now, I don't think the Riders have that guy in house to do that. No. Now they didn't give Levi Lewis a snap in that final regular season game for some reason. I don't I don't know why. Um, which, which is strange. So maybe maybe there's something on one of these roster guys we don't know. I don't really see it in Mason Fine, but. I, who knows? Crazier things have happened, right? Or, or, or maybe they literally, after all this turmoil and stuff, I know Bo Levi Mitchell's out there saying, I don't care. I want to go someplace that they care about football and I want to mm-hmm. get another ring and stuff like that. But maybe at the end of the day, out of pure desperation, you back up a sick, you back up Zach Calaris money to Bo Levi Mitchell and he's coming to Regina, like, which is a possibility. Yeah. Right? It's certainly not out of the realm of possibility either. Um, it, it's, it sounds like he, the writers still have a shot at him is where we'll leave that at this point. But to me, the interesting part that stood out of Cody's comments about that is not yeah. necessarily that they haven't talked because, okay, as a one-off in a nutshell, okay, maybe that happens because there's sort of a mutual understanding between the two sides that they're, for now, kind of done with each other. Right. But this is the start of a trend. Not even the start of a trend. This is a clear sign of a trend for the way this team has operated over the last few years, since Jeremy O'Day became the man in charge as the vice president of football operations and general manager. And that's when there is a veteran on this team, and I assume the non-veterans too, but we don't really hear from them because no one really cares. Right. Um, that is set to become a free agent and is someone that is kind of on the block for potentially leaving, as people we've talked about. You know, we've heard this... We've heard this from Charleston Hughes. We've heard this from Ed Ganey. We've heard this from Micah Johnson. We've heard this from various other players who, you know, are veterans of this league and have said, I didn't hear anything from the team. And at first you're like, okay, that's kind of weird, but okay. Right. But it just keeps happening. So clearly this is intentional. This is uh, intentional style. You know, this is not something that it's, it's, just, it's just being done for whatever reason. And I just think it's the wrong way to go about business. No, I, I, I agree with you. You look at you look at what and and you and I don't like the fabric that Chris Jones is made out of. No. Neither not. of us think he's a good human. No. He's proven to be a good football coach and general manager because he's when he's done with a guy, he tells you. Mm-hmm. Right? In our conversation with he... Sergio Cas He's often cut guys before their contracts are up just to be clear that, hey, you're done. Go sign somewhere else now. Right. Which, and when which... and I'm not saying you have to do that with every player, but at least when you're clear with them, and yeah, if you do occasionally cut a guy early to give him a head start, they appreciate that kind of stuff. And oh. in a small league, that sort of thing gets around. Well, I remember when we talked to Sergio last year um, after the Grey Cup win by the Bombers, yep. and... He had kind of said he he kind of said this, you know, or indicated it to us that that he had spoken to Kyle Walters and they said this is our number, and he said and, and Kyle Walters was like this is our number because of our cap situation. We think you're worth more than that. We get it if you sign someplace else for more money, which is you know a pretty clear indication to a guy that we like you, we can't afford you, so here's what we can give you, and if not, no hard feelings, right? At mm. least. 
say something like that. Like, what's the harm in going to Cody and saying, okay, it was a rough season. We need a veteran on this roster. We're looking 150 grand plus incentives, which is kind of going right for backup quarterback. If you can get better, get better. If you can't, we'll be here. Let's be in touch. Right. And, and, and with all those veteran guys, and like you said, Joel, it's, it's a small league and a changing player. And what I mean by a changing player is guys want to be treated with respect. This isn't even as early as the, the 2000s or 2010s where you just, you know, you treated these guys like pieces of meat. They want to be treated with respect. And, and you see so many pro sports teams, football teams, when they get a guy in there that treats them with respect, that brings positivity instead of that old school, you know, take it or leave it mentality or, or, or we're going to play games with your head mentality. I mean, look at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. They bring in a head coach that's that's positive, that that wears it for him, that goes to his starting quarterback and says, here's a bunch of clips of you being good. I know you can be that guy. I even look, you know, me working with the Saskatchewan Rush, they went from Jeff McComb, who was, you know, a bit of a negative dude, to Jimmy Quinlan as their head coach. Well, they've won, they won four straight games to end the season. Jimmy's an excellent positive guy. And then just beat the defending champions at home 18-6. to six. Surprised right, it like, took you this long to bring up the fact that you're working for the Saskatchewan Rush and that they won over the weekend. <laughs> if it wasn't for that glob of mayo, I probably would have brought it up way earlier. But uh, but no, you you look at, at the changing mentality of a player and not talking to these guys, they're not looking at it as a, you know, guys don't look at it like, oh, oh, oh they must want me. That's it. This is my only option. I, I, I need this. I need this. Guys go, fuck you. You don't talk to me. I'm leaving. Like... Guys want to be treated with respect, and now there's not not only are there eight other CFL clubs where, you know, from a football ops standpoint, we know at least three of them are doing things the correct way. You know, we've heard that either through the grapevine or verbatim. But the XFL is coming soon. And I think if you're going to continue to to play the mind games and give players that may or may not be back the silent treatment, they're just going to leave. And it might be time for a change in negotiation tactic to the more modern way of doing things. Hey, this is what we can pay you. Hey, you're not really in the picture right now. We'll release you right now so you can find something different. So hopefully this offseason proves me wrong. But I'm – and again, I'm, I'm not a fan. But no. I, I, I don't think I've felt – God, like even some of the bad seasons they had after 2013, we knew they were going to have because they essentially ex- extended all their their draft capital and young players to bring in a super team. Yep. But I don't know if I've ever felt this bad about the team heading into an offseason as I have for this Ryder club. And, and, and I say all that even with Jamal Morrow resigning today. Yeah, and I mean, it may, maybe it explains some things of why, you know, the free agent period under Jeremy O'Day, maybe part philosophically this way, but in general hasn't been as splashy as his predecessors. Right. Because as much as you want to build through the draft and you want to build the right way and everything, it is still fine to, especially in the CFL, plug a few holes with some big free agent names. Which is funny because they have done a good job of building through the draft and and building Canadians. Like, this this team is so bizarro to me that you could take almost all of their Canadian starters and they'd have a role on any other team in the CFL. Oh, like almost all of them, but <laughs> it's the, 
seemingly easing to replace free agent Americans around them that always seem to to drop the proverbial ball and, and, and not bring it, and, and they can't find the talent. They're not finding, again, and we've said it to death, Dalton show it, right? You're not mm-hmm. finding that guy. So I, I hope that maybe with the fact that there weren't a lot of bums in seats and I think the OC hiring is going to get out the pitchforks and torches and people are going to be upset that maybe there is pressure from the top to, okay change your ways we need some names we need some bums and seats yeah and and i mean ultimately this is more and more every day starting to rest at the very top you know i think last year during the season you know it was mostly kind of directed at craig dickinson at the as the things kind of started to slowly spiral with the garrett marino stuff and then as sort of in the eyes of some lack of changes the offensive line during the season which i will argue is pretty much impossible um you know off-season's a different question, but, you know, then it slowly started to build up towards Jeremy O'Day, and then I think it kind of stayed there when they decided to keep Craig Dickinson. Well, someone eventually okayed all of that, and the buck stops at the very top, and now I think that pressure has to be reaching Craig Reynolds. There's no question about it. No, I, I, I wouldn't disagree, uh, uh, because I think things like reputation do fall on Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm a fan of Craig for reasons we've discussed here. Um, things like not being able to go, you know, getting spurned by guys that aren't huge names to, for the offensive coordinator job that, that goes all the way to the top. Like that isn't like that, that shows to me that guys are talking about the way that this organization does business and it's, it's not good. And, and that's again, why I have like, I know it's early, but this is why I have such, you know, doom and gloom feelings about this club at this point right now. This could all, they could have a huge offseason. Mm-hmm. They could get Bo Levi, Levi Mitchell. They could get Derek Dennis. They could get a couple more pieces on that offensive line. And, 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 and maybe Jeffrey ends up being an offensive guru, an offensive genius. And, and they start 5-0 and and we're all laughing about this. But at this moment right now, in early December, a couple weeks after the season ended, like, it doesn't feel good. Like, this feels like another telethon is coming in three or four years. Right now, it definitely feels like the mayonnaise has not been blended in. Huh. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.